You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the show, Our Constitution. Good to have you with me. And uh, there's a lot to talk about today, as usual. We have many things happening in the news, and it's getting more and more dangerous, it seems like, in the world. But there are some good aspects and some troubling aspects. What I find one of the most troubling aspects, and this is not to say I'm not concerned about the situation with North Korea and the situation with Iran, and I'll talk about those in a minute, but one of the most troubling aspects I see in this country right now is what is happening on our college campuses. Ann Coulter, the noted conservative commentator, who I don't always agree with, by the way, she has canceled her speech at University of California, Berkeley, amid threats of violence. And in fact, over the last several days, because the speech was supposed to take place, I think, tomorrow, over the last several days, more and more leftist groups and anarchist groups have been converging on, on Berkeley and getting ready to have violent protest. So Ann Coulter canceled her speech after Young America's Foundation, which, by the way, is the uh, offshoot of Young Americans for Freedom that I served with in the 1960s and 1970s. I was a the chairman of the LSU chapter and then the state chairman for Louisiana and then the national secretary of the organization and a board member for years. And it was a, the predominant conservative organization at that time, and Young Americans Foundation is picked up where it left off, essentially. And, in fact, it's run by a good friend of mine, Ron Robinson, who I served with on the board of Young Americans for Freedom. But they were the sponsor of Ann Coulter's speech at Berkeley. And they have apparently received so many threats, not just to the organization, but to individual students, that they were concerned and had to withdraw their support of the speech. Now, Ann Coulter doesn't like this, but uh, I can understand what's happening. But here's the bottom line. This is going to embolden the leftists around the country on and off the college campuses to believe that they can shut down free speech in this country. And everything They want everything to be politically correct anyway. Political correctness means you can only say things that they agree with. You're not allowed to say anything that they disagree with. You're not allowed to have your own viewpoint. You're supposed to be what they are, good little drones that walk around in lockstep and say and do what they're told to say and do. The violence that these people are using is getting to an unprecedented level. Now, we suffered some of that back when I was head of the Young Americans for Freedom. Uh, you had the SDS out there, the Students for a Democratic Society, which were extremely violent, set off bombs. Two attempts were made on my life while I was at LSU and uh, got to the point where everybody in my fraternity house was carrying weapons. But the violence now is basically being allowed to happen and is being sanctioned by members of the left-wing media 
and government officials and police departments. Here is a real reason why the speech in Berkeley had to be canceled. And that's because you have, number one, a administration out there that basically told campus police to stand down in the face of demonstrations, even if they turned violent. They were only allowed to step in if somebody was in imminent danger of death. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means apparently demonstrators were going to be allowed to destroy property, which they've done before at Berkeley, set fires, which they've done before at Berkeley, and beat up on people that they disagree with. As long as they weren't trying to, or apparently imminently going to be causing somebody's death, the campus police were ordered to just leave them alone, let them run, run amok. The Berkeley City Police have been criticized for their failure to act in some previous violent demonstrations on and around the campus. They have been ordered, essentially, to stand down by the 32-year-old new mayor of Berkeley, a man named Jesse Aragon, who, it turns out, is a member on Facebook of one of the most violent anarchist groups, a group calling itself by any means necessary, or B-A-M-N. He's a member of the organization, and local citizens are up in arms right now, a lot of them, because he's not doing anything to protect the city. He has essentially aligned himself with the violent leftists. And this has been true of many left-wing politicians in the past and in the present, that they don't care. They're going to let these people run amok. And interestingly enough, if you look at videos of what's happened at Berkeley, and it's happened on other college campuses and what's happened in our cities, places like Ferguson, where you had your violent anti-police demonstrations, you always see the people who are demonstrating peacefully, the conservatives, the Trump supporters, the supporters of police, they're there in full view of the cameras. They may be even advertising their position by wearing a Make America Great Again hat like I saw at the Berkeley demonstrations. You had some people, conservatives out there, right-wingers if you want to call it that, who were peacefully protesting and were attacked by the left. Yet the mainstream media tried to blame it on the Trump people. But look at what you saw if you were paying attention. The Trump people, the conservative demonstrators, were not wearing masks, they were not carrying weapons. They were carrying signs, maybe. But the people on the left, your violent protesters, your rioters, your demonstrators, they were all had their faces covered. They were trying to hide their features. And one of these included, by the way, a college professor who apparently was using a, a chain to beat up on conservative demonstrators. They hide their faces and they operate in packs. Three or four of them will run up and grab a conservative 
or counter-protester to what they're doing and pull them away and get them out away from the, the crowd and away from other people and away from the police and beat them mercifully, unmercifully. And they do this routinely. They are cowards. And that's what I've always believed about most of your left-wingers in this country and your liberals in Congress. They're cowards. They have no original thought process of their own. The students basically parrot whatever their professors tell them to parrot. And I saw this back in the 60s. I remember I was a supporter of the victory in Vietnam back in the 1960s. I was also a member of ROTC and expected actually to go to Vietnam when I graduated. I did not get sent to Vietnam, and I was told to go on to law school since I was a military intelligence officer and then go on active duty. But I was a supporter of our troops in Vietnam and supported the concept of victory. And I saw what the left was doing, and I listened to the demonstrators and I listened to what they were saying, and they were all saying exactly the same thing. And 90% of what they were saying was wrong. It had no basis, in fact. And one time I can remember actually being invited on a local radio station to debate one of the leaders of the anti-war movement, the young lady who I had met before, and we were talking about Vietnam and the war, and I pointed out some very clear facts to her that she was leaving out of her comments. And she actually said, and I'm not, I'm not kidding about this, this just floored everybody. In fact, the, the entire broadcast crew broke out laughing because it was actually a TV show we were doing. And she actually said, don't confuse me with the facts. I know what I believe. In other words, don't confuse her with the facts. Her mind was made up. She was doing and saying what she was told to do and say by her left-wing professors. And that's what these demonstrators now are doing. And that's what members of Congress are doing. I mean, I'm, I'm getting so disturbed by the fact that we have members of Congress on the Democratic side marching in lockstep doing whatever they're told to do by their leadership. The same is not true on the Republican side. We have disagreements among Republicans about the repeal Obamacare bill, repeal and replace bill. We already have some disagreements coming out about the president's tax proposal. But the Democrats, all they're saying is, we're going to oppose it. Whatever Trump wants done, we're going to oppose it. Whatever the Republicans in Congress want to do, we're going to oppose it. And they all say the same things. They also use the same reasoning, no matter how flawed it is. And they don't care if, if something is good for the American people or good for the defense of our country. If it's proposed by President Trump, they are going to propose it. If it's pr proposed by Republicans in the House and the Senate, they're going to oppose it. 
and they're using the 60-volt cloture rule as a hammer to beat down the American people. And essentially, essentially telling us, we don't care about your votes. We don't care what you say. And interestingly enough, I don't know if you're aware of the most recent poll that came out, but a poll was taken, and we're not talking about taken by a conservative group. We're talking about the uh, Washington Post and ABC News took a poll to determine if what they were telling us was true, and that was that if the election were held today, the rematch of Clinton and Trump, that Clinton would win overwhelmingly. Actually, Clinton lost again in the poll, lost the popular vote in addition to the electoral vote. But that's the type of thing that the propaganda is being put out there by the left. And it is very disturbing. And let's take our first break now. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. The bottom line is is that free speech in this country is in greater danger, I think, now than ever before. And it's particularly true not only on college campuses, but in our high schools, in our middle schools, our elementary schools, and on the Internet. I mean, I am routinely censored, for example, on Facebook. My Facebook page, I always post a copy of any new article I write for my blog which I've been having trouble, by the way, sending out to my subscribers because some of the Internet providers out there are apparently blocking anything that comes from me. So I'm setting up a new system, and we're going to give that a try. But on Facebook, I used to post. I've got about 1,500 friends on Facebook or more. I used to post copies of my articles, and I would always get dozens, not scores, of responses. 
either likes or people making comments on it. Now I get about two or three on the average. A good post is a half a dozen. So I actually posted at one point on Facebook and asked people if they were receiving the post. And many of them came back and said no. It was apparently being blocked. And other things that they wanted to get, look at, were being blocked. So the attack on free speech, the censorship, is taking place all across the board. And I have recently finished my term as Executive Director of the United States Justice Foundation. And uh, I did not want to move to California on a permanent basis, so I took over, and it was supposed to be for a couple of years. It was actually for four and a half years. I took over until they found somebody who could work full-time at the California office. But I'm happy to move on because now I've got another project going on that I want to talk to you about, and I think I've mentioned it before. I formed a new group called the Constitutional Education Alliance, and we're going to be doing several things. First of all, we're going to be trying to distribute as widely as possible copies of my booklet, Our Constitution, same name as this radio show. The booklet has become very popular. We've sold thousands of copies, and uh, many groups have bought the booklets at significantly reduced prices. Uh, we basically, I don't get royalties off this booklet, even though I'm entitled to them. I rolled money over into the Constitutional Law Alliance, which has published the booklet, and we use that to subsidize getting copies of the booklet out to organizations or to schools so they can be distributed to our children. And, uh, for example, we a couple of years ago we had a Rotary Club in South Texas buy 500 copies, and they're still getting copies today to distribute to students. They gave them out in six school districts uh, to incoming juniors in high school. We want to get that out to more people, and we basically try to sell it to schools for cost or even less in some cases. And so we get, try to get it subsidized as much as possible. But I also want to come out with some other documents, maybe a booklet on the Declaration of Independence and the history of the Revolution, which our children are not being taught about, just like they're not being taught about the Constitution. They don't know what's in the Constitution. They don't know what their rights are. And as I've been saying for years, if you don't know what your rights are, then you're not going to realize when they're being taken away from you. But in addition to publications and educational efforts, we're also going to be putting together a task force made up of volunteer attorneys and paralegals who are willing to help us advise, not necessarily represent, although that would be great if we could come to that, but advise students on college campuses and in high schools about what their rights are when it comes to things like freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion. Many students out there, many kids don't think they have any rights anymore. They're told, well, you can't talk about God, you can't talk about Jesus, you can't wear a Christian symbol, you can't wear a shirt supporting the NRA, for example. You have to do what is politically correct, and you have to do it 
when we tell you and how we tell you. And if you're a student in college, you are not allowed to say certain things. You're not allowed to talk about certain things. You've got no free speech. And if you are in a course taught by a liberal professor, it doesn't matter matter what the course is. It doesn't have to be government or history. It could be science. It could be biology. It could be chemistry. It could be an English course. But if you have a left-wing professor, you are being told, do not disagree with that professor. If you do, you will be punished. And one of the punishments that's been you know, more, is being used more and more is lowering your grades. So in other words, it doesn't matter how you do on test or final exams or on something you submit, like an essay, if you're not, if you dare to get disagree with the liberal philosophy being put forth by your professor, that professor believes that they are entitled to punish you by giving you a lower grade, regardless of your academic achievement. So your academic achievement, in a lot of cases, doesn't mean anything anymore. What means something is you towing the line and becoming one of the good little drones who walks in lockstep with the liberals and the left and does what they tell you to do, when they tell you to do it, and how they tell you to do it. Well, Constitutional Education-wise, we now have a website under construction. You can actually go to the website, and if you want to donate to help us, there's a button there where you can donate to help support the organization. And uh, it's uh, the website is actually www.capitalcea.com. And you can go there and you can look at the site. And I'm going to be putting links to the site on my other sites, such as the uh, uh, site to my blog, which is www.michaelconnelly.com. And I'll be soon putting up a link to this new site. But if you can volunteer to help, technical help, I'm lousy when it comes to being being technical on a computer. I mean, basically, I, I know how to turn them on and off and how to write my articles and post them. But when it comes to anything more sophisticated than that, I'm pretty much in the dark. And I admit it. And when it comes to computer tech, high-tech stuff, I'm still pretty much of a dinosaur. So if you can offer to help in those regards, or if you just want to donate some money, or if you're uh, an attorney or paralegal and would like to donate a little time, and we're not asking for a lot of time. We're just asking for a little time to help us prepare documents and help us advise students that they do have constitutional rights. That just because they go to a public university does not mean that when they set foot on that campus, they relinquish the Bill, the bill of Rights. But that's often what they're being told. So check it out, and, and if you're willing to give us some help, please do so. We look forward to hearing from you. Because I think this is something important. This is something that's critical to our future because it involves our children. 
And if you look at the history of dictatorships in the world, you look at Nazi Germany, you look at the Soviet Union, you look at communist China, you look at Cuba, one of the most important aspects of establishing and maintaining a dictatorship is to educate the children to be compliant with the form of government that you're trying to impose and not to question anything, not to respond negatively to anything that they, they hear as long as what they're hearing is politically correct. This is what we're going to be fighting, and I believe this is very important. We have some good legal groups out there that are providing help to students who are losing their, their rights, but they can't help everybody. And what I'd like to be able to do is advise, advise kids out there that they do have constitutional rights, advise them about the Constitution. For example, let them know what the Second Amendment really means. Let them know, and this is pointed out in my booklet, that the phrase separation of church and state does not appear in the Constitution. I've had dozens of people tell me that they did not know that until they read our, my booklet. They had been taught in school that it was part of the Constitution, and it was a basis for denying freedom of religion in workplaces, in public buildings, and in schools. And that's totally incorrect. The phrase comes from a letter that was written by Thomas Jefferson when he was president. He was contacted by a religious group that was having an internal dispute, and they asked him if he would mediate. And he said, that's not my place. The Establishment Clause of the Constitution, which prohibits the government from establishing religion, a religion, or prohibits the government from keeping people from practicing whatever religion they want. He said that would violate the Establishment Clause, which is mandates separation of church and state, meaning that the government can't establish a religion and can't prevent people from practicing their religion. That does not mean and was never intended to mean that the government cannot have, like the Ten Commandments, posted in a government building, cannot talk about God, cannot allow discussions of God and religion in public institutions. That's not what that phrase means, but that's the way it's been interpreted. And by the way, one of the, the most bizarre things that I've found is that the Supreme Court of the United States has in the past held, for example, that the state of Alabama cannot have the Ten Commandments posted in city halls or on the state capitol. Yet, if you go to the Supreme Court, which I have done, and you go inside the court, one of the first things you will see on the wall is the Ten Commandments. It has been there since the court was established and moved to that building. So apparently it's okay for the Supreme Court justices to be able to glance up at the Ten Commandments anytime they want to. But it's not okay for you and I to be able to do the same thing. That's what is happening in our schools. 
our kids are being taught what you want to do, what you want to believe is not okay. You believe and do what we tell you to do. Let's take our second break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Let's talk about some of the other things that are happening today, because there's certainly a lot out there. First of all, we need to consider what's happening in the Middle East and in Korea. We have two dangerous foes out there who are pushing us to the brink of war, trying to provoke us into certain actions that they want us to take, and... I'm talking about North Korea, of course, obviously. We expect at any time North Korea to test another nuclear device. And the United States has moved a carrier task force with USS Carl Vinson as the, the carrier moving it towards the North Korean coast. We have a nuclear-powered submarine an armed nuclear armed submarine, which is now in South Korea itself, in South Korean waters. And it is carry, carries not only ballistic missiles, but also 150 Tomahawk cruise missiles. Some of the ones, well, they're the same ones, the same type that was used on the attack of the Syrian air base. Kim Jong-un, is a is the head of North Korea, and in a lot of ways, I consider to be a lunatic. But he also knows how to keep power in his country, and in order to do that, he needs to be basically in a constant state of semi-war with the United States to have his people constantly be threatened. 
Now, we have thousands of troops stationed in South Korea, which, by the way, is developing its own political, politically volatile situation. So we're waiting, you know, basically to see what happens there. Sorry, we're having some bad weather, and uh, my lights just flickered here. And, uh, of course, if, if it goes out and I'm talking to you in the dark, you know, some of you will figure, well, that's what you do all the time anyway. But uh, it doesn't affect my telephone. But in any case, the situation in North Korea is very volatile. At this point, I am pleased with what Donald Trump is doing. He, we Today we fired tested a ballistic intercontinental ballistic missile which went several thousand miles and came down harmlessly in the water. It was not armed with a nuclear warhead. But basically he is warning the North Korean dictator that I am not Barack Obama. I am not going to lay down and let you do whatever you want to do and not take any action against you. And he's basically telling the Iranians the same thing. There have been two provocations by the Iranians so far this week, both involving a United States destroyer, the USS Mahan, and both times Iranian gunboats manned by the Iranian Revolutionary Guard have approached this ship in international waters. They've approached in their gunboats with their weapons manned, and pointing at our ship, and that both times they've gotten within a thousand yards, which doesn't sound like it's close, but it's very close. Both times it has caused our crew on that ship to have to go to general quarters and man their own weapons. The first time, the Iranians finally backed off. The second time, they continued to approach the ship, and the captain had had enough. He had a fair flare fired in the air as a warning to the Iranians that if you get any closer, we're going to open fire on you. Now, the Iranians figure they can get by with this. I mean, after all, they got everything they wanted out of Barack Obama. And by the way, did you hear yesterday, because this you probably haven't heard, because this has not really made the national news media as usual, but something else about the Iranian deal and I don't, you notice, I don't call it a treaty because it was not a treaty. It was, in fact, well, it was, in fact, a treaty, but it was not treated as a treaty like the Constitution requires. And unfortunately, the Republican leadership in both the House and the Senate acquiesced to the cave again and uh, letting Obama get this thing through. They didn't know what was in it. They didn't know about any side agreements. Obama wouldn't tell them. And the national mainstream media didn't try to find out. Well, it turned out that one of the side agreements made to get the Iranians to agree to this, and this is besides paying them a billion and a half dollars, releasing a billion and a half dollars in their seized funds, and paying them $400 million of ransom to release some American citizens they had taken prisoner. And now they've got several American prisoners now. North Korea's got three. And Trump needs to act on that and act swiftly. 
But in addition to all of that, the Iranians also got 14 Iranian citizens who had been arrested and charged with terrorism or supporting terrorism because they were all arms dealers. They were selling weapons to Hezbollah and to other terrorist organizations out there. And they were all under arrest, they were all under indictment and awaiting trial, and Obama agreed to release all 14 of them and drop all charges against them. That's what this man did to our country. He put us at risk. And that's why we're having the problems right now that we're having with Iran. And Iran is not complying with the terms of the agreement. They are still moving to develop their nuclear weapons. And under the terms of the agreement, they have a right to do that in 10 years, but they're not going to wait 10 years. They're moving to develop nuclear weapons. <coughs> Excuse me. And they may get one sooner than that, because North Korea has nuclear weapons. And North Korea is an ally of Iran. Russia is an ally of Iran. Russia is the ally of Assad in Syria. The Russians are playing, as usual, a dangerous game. But the North Koreans, with the financial difficulties they have, would probably very willingly sell to the Iranians a nuclear weapon, and the Iranians, despite being prohibited from doing so by the United Nations, continue to test missiles. So they could get a nuclear weapon which would be capable of hitting Israel or hitting someplace in Europe or hitting an American base in Europe or in the Middle East. And this is one of the dangers we face out there, and all of this are dangers created by a person who was supposed to be protecting us and protecting the people of the United States of America. And that's Barack Hussein Obama. Who, by the way, have you heard? He's for sale. He's not cheap, but he is for sale. Remember back when he was running for president in 2008? One of his primary campaign planks was attacking the fat cats. That's a direct quote. That's how he referred to them. The fat cats on Wall Street the bankers, the corporate executives, the hedge fund operators. Of course, he carried it all the way down to small businesses. He hated everybody that engaged in free enterprise. But he used that as a big platform when he ran for office in 2008, again in 2012. He used it to get the Democrat-controlled Congress when he first took over to pass a bunch of laws affecting banks and affecting commerce. He used the EPA and he used the IRS and other agencies to adopt regulations which hurt not only Wall Street, but hurt small businesses all around the country. And he's very proud of that fact. Now, in an act that can only be seen as completely hypocritical, former President Obama 
has signed a contract to speak at a Wall Street conference in a couple of months and be paid $4 million. Now, you know, if a former president wants to go out and make speeches and, and make money off of it, that's fine. They have a right to do that. Interestingly enough, Bill Clinton has been doing it for years, but he's, his usual fee is 200000 or less. Barack Obama is getting 400000 for making a speech to a group of people that he professed to oppose, to a group of people that he professed to hate. Yet he's going to go before them and gladly accept their money and make this speech. I don't know about you folks, but, you know, I'm not surprised. The man has always been a hypocrite. He's always been a liar. He's always been somebody who would sell out his own country in order to advance his own political career. But I just wanted to point that out to you. Speaking of selling out your country, we have another federal judge who has decided that he is above the law and above the Constitution, and he is going to make laws. And we're talking about the sanctuary city situation, where Donald Trump, as president of the United States, did something he is legally entitled to do, and that is he ordered the cutoff of funding to sanctuary cities. Because the grant money they get, a lot of it has an attachment to it that says, in order to maintain this grant money, in order to keep getting it, you have to comply with all applicable federal laws. And, of course, those federal laws include immigration laws. And your sanctuary cities are protecting illegal immigrants. And many times, to the point where they're protecting illegal immigrants who have been convicted repeatedly, in some cases, of violent crimes. And illegal immigrants, while they're protecting them, go out and commit more violent crimes, kill American citizens, or rape American citizens, or rob American citizens. Sanctuary cities, they don't care. The mayors, you know, that's fine, because these are people that might vote for them eventually. Anyway, this federal judge has, has ruled that what Trump has done is unconstitutional. No basis for it. No basis for that ruling, because the law allows the president to do this, clearly. Just like the law allows the president to control immigration by people who might be dangerous to this country, clearly. Yet we have federal judges, once again, acting as dictators. Let's take our final break. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. 
Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. I heard an interesting comment on Fox News earlier today. It talked about how the uh, actions of the judiciary, the federal judiciary, basically constitute a form of protest instead of people wearing masks when they protest and destroy, try to attempt to destroy our Constitution, they wear black robes, and they march in lockstep with the left, and they do basically what they're told, and they violate the law, and they also violate their oath of office, because their oath of office is the same as the oath I took as a member of the military, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. As I pointed out on the show before, there are federal criminal penalties for failing to do that, for failing, for failing to abide by that oath. And that's exactly what these federal judges are doing. And they're doing it to protect illegals. And yesterday, after the decision was made, I was watching Neil Cavuto's show on Fox. And by the way, have you noticed the increasing attacks on Fox News? I mean, first of all, they went after Bill O'Reilly. And he says that he's saying that when the truth comes out, it's going to shock everybody. And then they went after Sean Hannity and the woman who claimed he had sexually harassed her recanted a couple of days later. And now they're they're being sued by some employees, interestingly enough, all in the same department who claim racism. But anyway, I was watching Neil Caputo yesterday, and he had three guests on to talk about the... Uh, decision by the federal court, and one of them was a young female Democratic strategist who I'd never heard of, and frankly don't remember her name, but she said something that just stunned me and stunned Kabuto and his other two guests. She was saying how wonderful it was that this judge had made a move to protect undocumented citizens. Now think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Undocumented citizens? Is that where the left is taking us now? We went from calling these people what they were, illegal aliens, to all of a sudden the left and even some of the news media on the right begin calling them undocumented immigrants. And then that evolved into undocumented workers 
and now undocumented citizens? Give me a break. I mean, they're doing as much as they can to diminish American citizenship as it is. But don't equate me, who was born in this country and served this country in the military, and whose family has served in this country in the military since the Revolutionary War and every war that we've had, up to and including the Revolution. Don't equate me with somebody who sneaked across the border, got a phony social security number, and has lived here illegally for years, and particularly if they've committed a crime here. And Cavuto, he almost lost it, as did his guest. They kept pointing out to this woman that these are illegal people, and she kept objecting to using the term illegal. And Cavuto said, they're not here legally. If they're not here legally, they're illegals. She was having none of it. I mean, she was a, one of the best little robots and drones that I have seen on the left. She just kept parroting out this stuff. But mark my words and watch for it. This is going to be the latest politically correct term that the left is going to try to foster on the American people. And that's going to be undocumented citizens. Doesn't that sound wonderful? They're not criminals. They haven't broken our laws. They're just undocumented citizens. Which implies they have all the same rights as you and I have as a citizen. That's not the way it's supposed to work. But that's the way the left wants it to work. Okay, now, before we close out today, let's talk about the proposal today, the president's tax proposal. There's a lot going on about it, and there's people both on the right and the left opposing it. And the Democrats love it because, you know, they all oppose it. They want to continue, you know, the idea of cutting taxes for businesses, for corporations and small businesses, and for the American people, middle class and lower class people. The idea of that is so abhorrent to the Democrats. They just can't stomach the idea. They want to increase taxes on everybody. Because by increasing taxes, they have more money to spend on illegal immigrants, illegal aliens. They come here and get free housing, free food, free education, free health care. So they don't want to tax it decreases. So they're in lockstep, as usual, opposing it, apparently. Well, we have Republicans coming out and opposing it because they claim it's going to increase the deficit. And I can understand their concerns because I don't want that to happen either. But I, I worked as a staff member on Ronald Reagan's campaign in 1980 and 1984. After he was reelected in 1984, I was offered my choice of several sub-cabinet positions in Washington and turned them both down because I was a Boy Scout leader in Baton Rouge. I had three sons. And I, you know, was not interested in moving to Washington for over the amount of four years and giving up my law practice in Baton Rouge. And then at the end of his term, possibly having to move back and start up all over again. 
but I remember what Reagan did, and I remember one of the reasons I supported him was because he had a plan for lowering taxes. And in that plan, he stated that lowering taxes was not going to increase the deficit because it was going to increase growth of the economy. And the more the economy grew, the more money would come in through taxes that were being paid, even at the lower rates, the more money that was going to come in and the more revenue the government would have. And his tax plan, he did it twice, increased the rate of growth from what had been about 1% to 2% under Jimmy Carter, and that's what we've had for eight years of Barack Obama has been 2% or less. He increased the growth rate to 4%. And what he said was true. The deficit did not increase by any significant amount because of the fact that he'd also reduced federal spending, which is what Donald Trump's trying to do. So I can, I'm concerned that we have Republicans out there who may disrail, derail this, this plan simply because they want to make the point that they don't like deficits. We'll make that point, but also realize that this is a great way to possibly reduce the deficit we have. So I don't agree with everything at the, in the plan, but I certainly agree with doing away with the death tax, because think about what that does. If people own a family farm or a family business, and the patriarch or matriarch dies, and the businesses or farm is left to the children, they may have to sell the farm, close the business, and sell its assets in order to pay the death tax, the estate tax. That keeps people who are hardworking Americans from being able to leave to their children what they have done. That's an important part of this new tax proposal. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but what I've seen so far, I happen to like. So take a look at it, and uh, you can contact me through my website at www.michaelconnelly.com. And you can comment on it. And by the way, I'm going to be putting an article up in the next few days. I got a lot of irons in the fire, but right now I'm putting an article up about the new Constitutional Education Alliance. And you can access the website to America's Web Radio, the Our Constitution page. And if you want copies of my booklets or copies of my books, by the way, they're all on sale right now on my website. They're cheaper with less postage or shipping costs than if you buy them through Amazon or Barnes & Noble, someplace like that as a, as a paperback. Although my new patriotic novel, The Rag, is available as a notebook on Barnes & Noble and is doing quite well, by the way. And it's also available as a paperback. And then my booklet on our Constitution you can get through my website. And it's also available as a notebook and as an Amazon Kindle ebook. And you basically can get it for like $1.99 if you want to order it that way. Or you can order it through my website for $6, and that includes shipping. I encourage people to get a copy of it, take a look at it. If you like it, think about getting an organization you belong to or a school you work with 
to contact me and get the special discount for ordering multiple copies. We have to educate our children. We have to bring them into the fold and let them know what it means to be an American. Thank you for tuning in today, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.